Valley. One more time. Across the Thames Valley. This, this is River Radio. Well, now for some pop music. Try this. Hello and welcome to the Hitbox, River Radio's Tuesday night gaming show. My name's Tom and I'm joined by my two co-hosts. Firstly, our resident casual console gamer, Gabriel. How are we, mate? Very good, Tom. Very good. Did you like that? I did. I did. I've got a grin on my face. <laughs> oh, perfect. All right. And last but not least, Billy, who is guaranteed to tell us all about a game we've never heard of before. Billy, did you like that one? Yes. There we go. Good stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm perfecting my introductions now. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Okay, so here's what to expect over the next hour on the Hitbox. Uh, We begin every show with us three letting each other know what our game of the week is. After that, we'll be having a thought-provoking discussion on game series and what makes some so good and others really quite bad. And as always, we finish off the show with a weekly news roundup in which Gabriel and Billy tell me what's been going on this past week in the world of gaming. You've leveled up. We're going to jump right into the game of the week. Boys, who wants to go first? Go on, Billy. Okay. So, shockingly, this week I'm going to talk about a game I don't think either of you are going to heard of. Yeah, I, I don't expect any less, Your Billy. This horror. Is... Yeah, I know. It's a horrible surprise to you, I'm sure. <laughs> so this week I'm talking about a game called Armello. Have either of you heard of it? No. No. Sounds like Armadillo. <laughs> no, okay. but... uh, Armello is a, is a digital board game. Uh, so it's you know you you play it sort of like an actual board game it's not like an rpg or anything uh it's a really quite interesting one so you pick a hero that's sort of your character for the game uh and your objective is is to become the king because uh, the current king is dying of, of an evil force called the rot and you sort of you cross the board and you do these quests and you get sort of cards that give you equipment and spells and allies and stuff and it is Surprisingly, it's it's a comfy game. Like it's it's a game where if I've been you know really stressed all day, I can go and have a game of that, and it just relaxes me. Uh, admittedly, I, I I play offline because, as I've mentioned before on this game, I'm not good at games. I just enjoy playing them. That's uh, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, I mean that sounds like a perfect yeah. one. Sounds like yeah. a perfect sort of game just to chill out on. Yeah, yeah it, it it is like just going and playing a board game, but it's a board game with AI, so it's great. <laughs> good. Uh, you don't have to find someone to play with then. No, I don't. Although you can, there is there is an online mode. Uh, oh, there is. Different, oh, that's right. Yes, then. and you get to collect different uh, skins for dice, which is always fun because I am a I'm a bit of a D and D player, so dice are sort of my uh, <laughs> I'm addicted to, to collecting all sorts of dice. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Love that. Awesome. Yeah, uh, it is something I, I'd have to recommend you play for yourself. It's a little hard to properly get it across. Um, it's not difficult to pick up, and it is out on just about everything. It's out on you know Android and iOS and Switch and Mac and PC and everything. Uh, it's PlayStation and Xbox as well. Um, cool. Is it is it one way? If I play it on my computer, do I just have to use my mouse? Is it that simple? Is it just yeah? It, know, is, it is just back and... point and click. It is it is very simple. There's no difficult mechanics to it really. Uh, this is what really excites. Me. Sorry, this is what really excites me is is the the idea of board games sort of existing on computers because obviously in a physical realm, I guess you could call it having be you're limited to to what. A board game can do and the ideas that can be made via a board game but i guess with 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 gaming although obviously games are almost like an advancement from board games um in some sort of way 
but it's it's nice to see that you can evolve this you know the perceived board game into a into an actual game you can play on computer and, and xbox and, and yeah. whatnot like that that's what i'm thought like armello specifically isn't based on an actual board game it, yeah. it's just made up uh, but like i played i have somewhere on on a kindle somewhere talisman which is a game by Games Workshop. And that used to be a physical board game. And they've literally just gone, well, we're going to make it digital and sell it to people. Um, so, yeah, it is, it is quite nice that you can sort of do that. I'm not so sure, as I think, I think you are, Tom, that you can sort of introduce entirely new things because I think anything you can do on a computer, you can do on a board game, but computers are better at like, keeping track of things so you don't have yeah. to do all the numbers and stuff in your head. Sure, I guess that's right. I think what I, I was... Sort of, go on, Gabriel. Oh uh, yeah, no. I was thought of thinking when you said it, Tom. Maybe you know the animation side of things. So, for example, when I played Monopoly, I was I'm a big Monopoly fan, as I think a lot of people are. Oh and yeah, of course, of course. When you play with your friends. <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's great for jumping on, playing with your mates. Late night Monopoly sesh definitely goes down nicely. That's all I'm gonna say. But what I found really interesting about that game being taken onto a console version or PC, whatever it be, is just the the animations of the car- of the counters moving, things like that, the little interactive elements of the map that obviously don't bear much meaning on the actual gameplay itself, but just make yeah. the whole thing a little bit more immersive. I don't know if yeah. that's what... Mm. Okay, yeah, that, I think... That, that's on. fair to say, yeah. Uh, I, I was talking about like sort of the mechanics, which I don't think you can really do anything in a ge- computer game, which you can't do on a board. I, I just think that computer games make it a lot simpler for a person to keep track of everything. Definitely. Yeah, I, I feel like I definitely agree with what you said, Gabriel. It's 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 the, it's nice to have these sort of things, like the interactivity of of games, and it, you know, like so with mod, uh, with um, Monopoly, you can jump on with your mates online and you've got all these sort of things that does everything for you you don't have to move yeah. and roll the dice yourself and set up all the cash it's all yeah. it's all digital but i uh, i think the idea i was thinking of was sort of like with like mario party uh that's that sort of thing although it's not really yeah. a board game it's sort of a board you know a, a style of game where you can yeah almost like a party game i guess you could say yeah i i i i 100 get what you mean i tend to think of mario party as sort of games within a game like the mini games or something separate almost but yeah I, I do get what you mean you definitely couldn't do that in a, a regular board game uh, at least yeah. not without a great deal of difficulty oh god yeah that would that would take a lot of setting up <laughs> yeah now everybody go outside jump rope yeah. for five minutes <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know that sounds almost like squid game kind of level of <laughs> engineering going on there to sort that one out but yeah yeah um and anyway ratings yeah, uh, Rating, uh, I say this is a pretty comfy game. It's not spectacular, but I do, I do sort of enjoy a game for every now and again. So I think I'm going to give it, you know, a, a solid seven. That's all right. Nice. Very Decent. Nice. Yeah. I'm still waiting for a crap one, Billy. I'm still waiting think, for you to, think to give me something. I think I five to something a few weeks ago, but I can't remember what it was now. <laughs> I have oh, the memory really? of a Neither. goldfish. Yeah. Okay. We need to keep tally. We need to keep tally and make a, make a scoreboard. That's what, that's what we need to do. Yeah. Start right. that next week. Yes, indeed. Right, I'm going to uh, go on with my one, and that's going to be Football Manager 2022, and it's really boring, so I'm going to make this well, very Well, I don't know. I'm really interested to hear your opinion okay. on it, because it's a game I don't often play myself, but any football fan like myself, it, you know, the concept of this game is just absolutely unreal, and it provides something that I feel... FIFA, which is obviously the other big football game or one of the other big football games, yep. doesn't really provide. You know what I mean? 
Now, I, I see what you mean there, and I've wrote it down in my notes. The first thing to, to explain to you guys what Football Manager is, I've basically said it's FIFA career mode on steroids. And I think yeah, that's, that's, I think very, that's a, very a great good. way of uh, explaining just the, the concept of the game in general. Uh, so I have it on the download right now. It's only just come out on Xbox Game Pass. So I've, I've got that downloaded. I'm ready to play it. So I haven't started it yet, but I am uh, a massive fan of the, the previous uh, few years editions. Uh, and that's something that we'll link into our discussion later on in the show as well. So we'll come back to that too. Uh, so like I said, in the uh, Football Manager 2021, I'm already in the year 2031. So I've played a lot. I've simulated wow. a lot of games. I've played a lot of time on there. Uh, not not as much as some people who are maybe a hundred years in the future, but it, it's good enough. Yeah, and this is this is the thing that makes it so exciting for me is the idea that you can simulate almost real world and see what will happen in the future. And I think that's the real draw to it. It's the best way to explain Football Manager. It's not you don't actually play football on it. It's not like FIFA where you can control the players. You act as the manager who gets to do all the, you know, the backroom stuff, the control, the transfers, the tactics, uh, the finances, speaking press, press conferences, even. And, and that's sort of the way, the way it goes, really. It's, it's a simulator rather than an actual proper game. Um, so yeah, there's not, there's not much gameplay to it. But it, you have to enjoy the simulation and the football aspect of it to 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 have it an interest in this, I guess you could say. Um, but yeah, like I said, it, it, what gets it for me is just seeing what happens in the future. Really, figure out you know who becomes the next best footballer after Messi and Ronaldo, or who wins the next World Cup, and what team finishes top in the Premier League. And, and this is what's exciting because you get to stick yourself in at any level of the footballing. Uh, pyramid i guess you could call it and just see what your what your talents could uh could get you if you were to become a become a manager of sorts but yeah it's it's it's, it's really fun for someone that enjoys you know chilling out like you like with your game billy i can use my mouse lie back point and click simulate it's one of those games where you don't want to be necessarily focused on it 100% you want it in the background when you're chilling and i think it's got its own unique audiences and it's got its own niche place in the gaming market really so ratings i'm gonna give it a seven out of ten i think it's it's hard because i haven't actually played it yet but i can gauge from the previous games i know what it's going to include and i and i love playing them it's nothing you know mind-blowing it's a simulation of football in general and i think a seven out of ten is pretty justified as to what it is what it does and the purpose it serves really so yeah seven out of ten no fair enough it's an interesting thing about that game is i see a lot on social media with actual footballers playing it and sort of competing with each other and showing off their teams it's really interesting to see yeah it's really it's really fun there's obviously like i said there's a a bunch of interesting things you can do obviously controlling the transfers and and you, you know you get regen players who don't actually exist or you can see you can you know do, do funny stuff and like for example I've taken Aston Villa to the, to win the Premier League this year in uh, Football Manager 2021 and last year I did uh, a Schalke playthrough and played with them and yeah just you can do really anything really and I think this year I'm going to try and download some mods for it and get even the lower tier uh-huh. so I'm going to try and find my uh, 
my local team and and, and build up all the <laughs> way cool. through the footballing pyramid with them. But yeah, it's honestly it's it's, it's endless fun if you if you're interested in football and simulating games. So if you're a fan of FIFA career modes and you want a game that's similar to that, but you can oh, chill out better. more on. Oh, it's then... so much better. Exactly. So much more thought, so much more detail. It really is uh, a fantastic game. Is it very like numbers heavy or is it just sort of a little yes. lighter so it, on the detail? It's obviously, it's, there's a lot going on. So, so it's essentially you simulate all sort of, um, so all players all have their individual attributes uh, in all sorts of their physicality, be it mental, be it, you know, pace uh sort of similar to similar to fifa but it's so much more detailed and you've even got staff that have their own ratings and how good they can teach the players and the you know uh, even stuff like um stadiums having astroturf or or grass pitches or under under grass heating and and stuff you know it's all there's so much to it and there's lots of just sort of i guess you could say it is numbers but it's all just um a lot of levels put it that yeah, way. Yeah, lots of simulation. You can you can play it in a much simpler aspect. You can, you know, okay. buy someone's tactics. Uh, I say buy someone's. You can download someone's tactics offline and and sort of import it, and then you can get them your team to work in that way. And uh, but yeah, it's a lot of uh, finding the right players for the job that you want to, you know, how your tactics work and seeing what beats the opposition every every time. It, it tries to make it as complex as possible. Uh, for the people that really want to to put a lot of time into it, so for example, for me, I'm a bit of a a bit of a noob when it comes to this whole tactic stuff. So I tend to I, I tend to each year download a tactic and then just sort of not worry about that too much and simulate quite a lot of things. But then there's people that will, you know, they'll watch the whole game unfold and and be on the touchline shouting at the players to do this, do that, and change things mid game. But I just sort of like you know. Uh, simulating through the years as quickly as possible and seeing what happens but there's loads of ways to play it uh, and th- that's just what makes it good that's what makes it fun so yeah Definitely. Football Manager 2022 on the download now and I'm super excited so yeah 7 out of 10 cool alright then Gabriel sir take it away right so my game of the week is Call of Duty Vanguard and I know I said I wasn't going to be getting this game for a while but I gave up in the end and just went out and bought it I am absolutely hooked on this franchise as I've made it very clear on the show previously I it's one of those games if you like it it, you'll see a clip online or one of your mates will get it and you just think yeah I'm I'm gonna get it now you You know what I mean you have to you just have to. It really is one of those. But anyway, we've spoken a lot about this game on the show already, so I don't want to spend too much time describing it. What I'd say is at this point, if you aren't really sure about where it's set, etc., which is World War II, things like that, the general things, what I wanted to do here is really talk about what I thought of the game itself, I having played it, having watched other people's reviews, etc., because I think that's what we're all really interested in at this point. So I want to start by talking about the campaign on this year's game. From what I've got through so far, I really, really do like it. You play as different members from a special team, which is deployed in various scenarios throughout the war. Each member of the team has different specialist areas. For instance, one member is an expert in stealth and sniping. Others are more about brute force. So I think one of their special abilities as well is you have almost like a grenadier, like one guy 
controls all the grenades and yeah. he has various um but what that does is it just keeps it really fresh as you can imagine playing as the different characters using them to different advantages etc as you play it's it's really really good it draws upon real life events that happened in the actual world war ii for example d-day and so if you are a history a bit of a history buff like i am a bit oh yeah to be honest you know i feel like i feel like everyone is to a certain extent especially with things like world war Two. you know it, it's a really interesting part of history and just having that natural interest in it will really make this game something for you it, it they do make brilliant effort you know be it aesthetically be it scenario wise to take you to the days of world war Two, and that's a great thing about it the character development is really good, although I have seen that a lot of people online are disappointed with how sort of cartoony and unrealistic the game can feel at times. And really? I do, yeah, so just trying to explain that. It's like, obviously, when you play these campaigns, your character is kind of, you know, he, he's going to be good. Like, that's the point. He's a specialist. Sure. You know, you're controlling him. You, he's going to be the center of attention. He's going to kill a lot of enemies probably way more than a real soldier probably could you understand that but the criticism i've seen this year is i think people are finding that they've maybe gone a little bit too far and you are this sort of immortal being on the battlefield uh, you yeah. know what i mean and yeah i completely get that i do i have probably haven't played enough of it to really give my true opinion on that as of yet but i can already see why that's a thing if that makes sense yeah mm-hmm. i mean i no you, you go ahead no 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 you you okay. go ahead because yeah. i was uh, just gonna i have to i i think that that's not necessarily a bad thing is to be sort of this this striding through waves of, of lesser enemies thing but i do think it gives the game a very different tone especially to what you sort of expect from a call of duty uh, franchise entry a hundred percent that's it and i think it that criticism's coming from the people who expect that tone as you say to be sort of realistic you know all that so equally that one person's negative is another person's plus it, it does make it more fun it does make it more light-hearted to a certain extent and that is equally can be a good thing to some as a bad thing so yeah mm. yeah i think i think it's um it's, it's, it's hard with Call of Duty because it, it's gone into so many different avenues in the first person shooter over the, over the past few years. It's like, like sort of Billy was saying, it, the way I think about it is it just has so many people that want something specific. And then each, you know, one year, certain people are happy. Next year, other people are happy. And it's just like, ah, you can't, you can't please anyone or everyone even. And it's, it's just one of those things that's really tricky to, uh, to, to get sorted as a game developer now, really. So true, actually so true. And I think my rating when I do get to that is going to be very much based on my experience levels and my expectations, etc. So definitely take it with a pinch of salt on that basis, like you say. So there are multiple good additions to multiplayer this year. One main addition is walls can now be blown up within battles, which presents new cool challenges and makes the game feel more realistic, dynamic and interesting, as you can imagine as the game goes on new new lines of fire coming in and just it just you know if you sh- for so long call of duty if you blow up a wall nothing happens and although we understand that that contributes to the mechanics of the game it's a little bit unrealistic at times and it's nice that they've finally done it they're taking that avenue now of being almost it's weird because 
like you said, it almost felt like uh, you were saying that it was so cartoony and so you know just not life, not lifelike. But now they're also it's, it's weird because they're taking this route to make it more realistic too, in the sense of the the environment that they're in. So it's almost like a a weird mix um, mix match by the by the sounds of it, really. Well, I'm not sure if they're doing it to make it more realistic, though, because like the, the obvious thing that sort of popped into my head was this is what, uh, you know, Rainbow Six and Battlefield tend to do is have like destructible terrain and stuff. So I think maybe they're just going, these are some other popular first person shooters that sort of pinch some ideas almost. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that's a really good point. I think, though, there's definitely a different avenue there between multiplayer and uh, campaign in the sense of, yeah, campaigns being made sort of more interactive realistic whereas campaigns been made sorry multiplayer has been made more interactive realistic and campaigns been made sort of more light-hearted etc but definitely yeah i do agree interesting my mm-hmm. question is now is there zombies because i haven't looked up this game at all Ooh. great point and yes there is zombies there is now with i'm personally not a fan i i have never got into infinity ward zombies infinity ward by the way being the developer of this year's cod um it's an alternating system and yeah this year uh, traditionally zombies was developed in Treyarch games and they used to own it solely but increasingly now we're seeing zombies games appear from different developers and like you say like i say sorry this is this game has zombies i'm personally not a fan of it but the people that i know that like it love it is what i'm getting so well, that's all right then exactly that's it, it I, i'm gonna straight up i'm i my opinion means nothing on that because it's just <laughs> i'm very you know i'm very um particular about how i like zombies i've always been a devout treyarch but you know i love that yeah, they set it up and everything sure. and so when i play that i just feel a bit out of out of place you know what i mean and so yeah they do have it I'm personally not a fan, but it's definitely something that's getting a lot of good reviews. So definitely don't write it off. It seems really good. So yeah. Oh yeah. To rate it now, again, bearing in mind my expectations and the length I've been playing this game, uh, the the franchise, I mean, I'm going to give it a seven because again, there's one overarching concern I have and it is still there. It's skill-based matchmaking. And an interesting thing that I didn't mention earlier is they've made the searching for games really a lot better in the sense of every game mode now, you can search for it in four different categories. So you can just um, categorize how many players you want, what size map you want. So that kind of counters it a little bit because it means you can switch up. But the point is you're going to be playing against players that are similar skill level to you. And it really takes away what I loved about previous CODs, i.e. jumping on with your mates and just absolutely slaughtering people. That's, that is the <laughs> best. That is no, what I love. And- you're, you're completely right. Cause this is exactly the same problem that happened with cold war. And it's why I just didn't end up playing it much. It's just, ugh. Exactly. And and to be honest, seven is a good rating considering all of this. Oh, yeah. I, I think if this was your first COD, brilliant. Like you're going to love it. It's worth getting. And that is, and, and seven, considering how critical I am about Call of Duties, is a very good rating. Yeah. 
I mean, not to take away from your point about, you know, skill-based matchmaking sort of taking, taking something away from you, but I do think I have to say it's, probably, it's very frustrating to be on the other end of that where you're the unskilled player who keeps getting slaughtered because you're being put up against people who have like, been playing for like a thousand more hours than you. How about so I think just, it is sort of a balancing act. How about you well, just get good? Simple as that, right? Hard way. Tough love. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But like, I, I play like six different games and I, I don't put like a thousand hours into any single game. And there are people who do that. So I, I don't think it's necessarily just a case of getting good. It is just a case of how much time can you put into this game and how yeah. much time can someone else put into this game. So yeah. I do think it's a bit of a balancing act. It does take away from fun to some people. But I think it'll make it more fun for other people. Yeah, no, you're right. Good it's point. it's, it's different. Point. It's different to uh, to other games, or, or obviously, you know, competitive games like Overwatch and League of Legends. They obviously they need their skill based matchmaking because it's you know they're 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 predominantly ranked based competitive ga- yeah. uh, based gaming. The difference I would say is that there's room for having a ranked, having a competitive in Call of Duty where it is skill based matchmaking, and also a quick play mode that isn't, which then you know yeah. lets that's people a, do that's these what things. I believe in. Like a hundred percent, I'm I'm a big fan of give gamers more choice, like ne- never lock them into this one thing. It's why I don't I don't subscribe to the idea that you know like the, the Dark Souls. Oh well, you have to play it on this difficulty thing. It's like. No, give me choice. I want choice. That is the point. I am the gamer. Let me choose what I want to do. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, 100, mm-hmm. 100% agree. That's all, all seven out of tens all around then. I don't think that's happened before. Don't think we've given the same thing. Maybe not. Maybe we have. But yeah, that was that was decent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's almost a pity we weren't doing this on Sunday, which was the seventh. Why is that? <laughs> well, it was the oh, seventh of yeah, of course. <laughs> God, God, yeah. We're going to take a short break and then we'll be back with our uh, discussion about game series. And there's a lot of things that I would like to relate with what we've just spoken about uh, in the next section. So stay around uh, for that and we'll be back in a few minutes. You've leveled up. Okay, welcome back to the Hitbox. This is River Radio. My name's Tom. I'm with Billy and Gabriel, as always. And we're about to begin our discussion on gaming series and all the things that are good about them and all things that are really bad about them. So I've got three major topics that I want to bring up as questions for us three to discuss. Uh, and the first one being yearly editions of games. So what do we really think about games that release year on year? And, and, and is it, you know, is that a good thing? Is that a good practice? Is it, you know, good for us gamers or is it just a money grab really? So the first thing that comes to my mind when, we t- when we talk about yearly games, is is the Fifas and the Call of Duties, yeah. and I know we spoke about this. We spoke about Call of Duty earlier in the show. Do you guys think that it is necessary, especially with uh, with sports games, to be releasing year on year on year with not exactly that much of a difference in in gameplay? What do we guys think? I don't think it's necessary, but I don't think it's like bad either. Like you, you mentioned yearly games, like. The, the, the thing that pops into my mind isn't FIFA or, or uh, COD, because I don't really play either of those. It's the LEGO games. There's been like a LEGO game every year since like 1997 or something, which is both really cool and really weird. Uh, but I still enjoy them. You can still enjoy the gameplay. I think for, for, like, for the sports game specifically, I do have a bit of a problem with it, because like it's you could just as easily do it in like a patch and go, here's the starting things for this year, because we know what's changed in the real world. So I think it is a bit of like a money grab. I, I have more sympathy for games like Call of Duty, which are, even if the gameplay is different, 
they're usually something like actually different about it. There's, you know, new maps and a new campaign and stuff. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that's, that's where my sort of opinion lies is that if you're producing a game that is genuinely completely different from the ground up, it doesn't have to be different. Like, you know, Call of Duty is still a first person shooter and it will always be a first person shooter and that's fine. But where it comes, where it's difficult for me, and I'm a I'm a massive FIFA fan, I'm a massive NBA fan. You know, I love sports games, and I, I tend to buy them every year, and that's not too much of a problem because I'm into it. But I see and I understand that you know they could easily, they could easily just you know do a little patch, say you know bring in new cards or, or reset the ultimate team on FIFA and do it all over again. Um, it, because there's games out there, you know, like League of Legends, for example, that has you know, been been the same game essentially since since it came out in two thousand and nine. But they constantly release patches. They've made massive improvements to the graphics, massive you know game overhauls and all these sort of things. And it, it but it's still the same game essence as what it was you know ten years ago. So it definitely is, in my opinion, a money grab. But there's reasons to it. You know that it's it's their choice. They're making the game, and if people still buy it, you know why 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 change that? To be honest. Yeah, I personally think the extent to which sequels are a good thing, like yearly sequels are a good thing, depends on how much the game varies year in, year out. Definitely when I'm looking at things like FIFA, I'm actually thinking, mm, like you say, it could be done in a patch, some of these these changes, i.e. updating the player database, updating maybe a little bit of gameplay tweaks, but nothing too major like it always is. They could just do that with a patch. And I actually heard a rumor that FIFA might end up switching to that. There's a lot of pressure in the scene to switch to this um, all updating game type thing. So you just buy the game and then you update it year on year and ea as well naturally have got a lot of pressure in terms of this money grabbing quotation marks thing well and yeah don't have the yeah ea don't have sort of the best reputation for this sort of thing though they're, they're quite well known as the game community sort of being anti-consumer and very high on like microtransactions and that sort yeah. of thing. yeah yeah exactly their, their whole ethos when making games is you know how can i how can I fit in this money grabbing scheme or how can I fit in this loot box? But, you know, at the end of the day, gamers have this, have the control over what they want. And if it comes to it, you know, I I feel like it may may not happen necessarily with FIFA because, you know, the the player base for that are so used to buying it year on year on year Mm. and spending loads of money. But at the end of the day, they get so much money through these transactions anyway. Why not just make it, even like a free-to-play game and then have even more money go into those sort of things or just change the way it works rather than, you know, having so much microtransactions. Oh, and you have to buy a £50, £60 game every year too for essentially not exactly the biggest revolution in in, in the gaming scene, I guess you could say. But yeah. Yeah, I think we're all in agree- agreement there that it's, it's it just depends on what each year it, brings yeah, in terms happening. of difference yeah. and... But you don't even have to like change the mechanics. Like I, I, I say, I, I was mentioning the Lego games. Like I, I love the Lego games. They're all basically the same thing, but they have sort of different feels to them. So mm-hmm. it, it, I'm okay with that, you know. Yeah, hundred okay. percent. Oh, perfect. Then I'm gonna ask you guys: Have you, first of all, have you ever bought a remastered version of a game? Ooh. Because I don't think I have. I'm, not, I'm gonna be honest. I really don't think I have. Have I? I know I have, and it's really annoying me because I can't think of which game it is. Yes, I have. have I've, oh. I've, I've got three copies of Skyrim. 
That that would technically count. Oh, is that, that, that is one of them remastered? So quote unquote. Well, I I've got I've got the original Skyrim on PS3, and okay. I have the special edition for PS4. Uh, now I didn't actually buy it for the remaster. I have to be honest. I bought it because you can mod it on the PS4, and also because it came with all the DLC included, which my uh, my original copy. Very nice. Not. Yeah. Nice. Um, I've just remembered what game I've played that's remastered and it was actually a call of duty again it was the modern warfare remaster i was gonna say that's the one that comes to my mind when i think of remastered games for some reason that's the only one that i've you know properly played out and being honest my opinion if we're going back to what we're talking about the yearly editions of games i think it was definitely in that case it was a money grabbing scenario i think that they'd reached a stale point in the franchise and they released it to just get more people to buy the current cod because it was included in part of the package of the super deal of the current cod it wasn't even like you could buy the yeah. remaster on its own Oof. you had to buy yeah it's absolutely ridiculous exactly so so my 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 whole idea on these things is like uh, when you think about it of course there's time and effort put into you know remodeling all the graphics and maybe like ironing out bugs that appeared in the first game but if you guys had let's say you had a copy of the, that old Call of Duty and the remastered version of it, which one would you tend to want to play more? The actual, you know, one that gives you the nostalgia that has all these wacky bugs that you remember or, or the remastered polished version that looks slightly better? What would you really think is, you know, more value for your entertainment, you know? I would say definitely it depends heavily on concurrent players, etc. So yes. if you're talking about an older True. game, but, but, Having said that, provided concurrent players is constant, I would probably go for the original, to be honest, because I, a lot of the remote, well, again, only talking from one instance, they don't, they didn't actually make that much effort to make the game different, be it gameplay and aesthetically. It was very much <laughs> the same game, really? to be honest. Yeah. Well, that, that's sort of the point, though, isn't it? Because, like, I, I had a long conversation uh, a few, I, I can't, I think it was months ago, but my sense of time has been growing way out of whack by the uh, pandemic yeah, uh, about the, the the nintendo remasters like this uh, the end like the the remaster of mario 64 and like uh, i think it was mario sunshine and stuff that came out a, a while back and it's like there's 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 only some like it, it's a very difficult balance to strike because like yeah you want to remaster the game but you can't change it too much from the original because the whole point is you're selling this game to people again you're selling them this nostalgia yeah. i do have to say i think it it depends on how old the game you're remastering is because like i think an update of mario 64 for instance yeah sure that that's that's fine i mean i think nintendo did it in a bit of a terrible way but that's another matter but like you know mario 64 was all blocky and poly- polygonal i can't pronounce that properly polygon, but yeah like polygon-esque like you know what, i yeah, know what you mean yeah because mm-hmm. it, it, it's you know one of the very first 3d mario games ever yeah of course might actually be the first 3d mario game now i think about it uh but but like if you're just updating like the graphics stuff thing, that's that's fine. You don't really want to change it. But at the same time, like if you own the original, as you say, like what's the point in buying a new version just for sort of slightly better graphics? It's yeah. graphics don't really matter that much to most people because it's just True. like great. The thing I'm looking at the screen is pretty, but am I having fun? Yeah, you know? I think for me the deciding factor would be the nostalgia. If you're buying a remastered game, it's, you've got to appreciate the original. And and if, if you've appreciated the original, you've either owned it or, or played through it at, at least a lot to to 
you know make you want to buy the remaster and I, and I feel like if I really and obviously I, I can't really discuss it too much because I don't buy too many remastered games but for me I just prefer playing the original to be honest I don't I don't know whether that's weird but no, not inherently, although I will point out, because I, I just remembered this, I did own another remaster, which is I owned Wind Waker HD, The Legend of Zelda Wind Waker HD for the Wii U, uh, which is a remake of a much older game that I've never played. So I do okay. think remasters have value there too, which is to introduce new yeah. people to the same to these these old games that aren't out anymore. You're not you're not wrong, you're not wrong. So overall, they they've they've got a place in the gaming in the gaming scene. It's just how yeah. how they do it really and how you know what value they give to the people that want it. And, and it's almost yeah. like a, a fan service, isn't it, really, at the end of the day? If you boil mm-hmm. it down, it's just that sort of, you know, you're it's... giving recognition to these games that existed ages ago and, yeah. you know. It's almost one of those things I'd expect to see, like, a fan project doing rather than, like, a proper company selling to you, if that makes sense. Yeah, 100%. I agree. I agree. Well, that brings me on to the the final sort of, idea we have around game series and that's the sequels and i'm talking the long awaited sequels okay i'm talking gta i'm talking elder scrolls i know we've got a lot to discuss in here but if we just summarize it quickly what is our <laughs> opinion on on all these sort of things because i know it grinds our gears when we think of how long we've had to wait for the new gta and, and the new elder scrolls so i mean i'll jump in straight away and quickly give a rundown of GTA because I think that's something we've got to talk about. Not going to bother describing it because I think most people now know what GTA is. Essentially, you play as a character who's trying to make it big and turns to a life of crime to do this. Lots of cool missions, lots of gunfights, lots of robberies, lots of cars, lots of everything you can imagine out of being a criminal, basically. But the key with this is I think year on year, this franchise delivers every single time. I mean, we've only got to look at GTA five. It's now the third best selling game of all time. It's just testament to the progress and resulting quality rockstar as develops uh, as developers have made in their game. It's really good to see. I think, I think uh, for me, and this is, I think I may have seen this online, but I, I believe the reason why GTA 6 is taking so long to come out is because people are spending so much money and so much time on GTA 5 still. I feel like there's they've really got no need to rush this new 100%. game because people are GTA, still enjoying GTA 5 as much as they were you know, five years ago or whenever it came out. Probably I, I think I read uh, 2013, I think. Oh my God, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think GTA Online, like GTA 5's online thing is still like Rockstar's like, best-selling thing ever it's made them the most money they've ever made it's ridiculous wow. yeah there really just isn't any reason to for them to, to rush at gta 6 i feel yeah. in a way this is bad because we have to wait forever but it's also a good thing because they can take their time and and really get gta 6 to probably be one of the best games that will come out in decades yeah. time will okay. tell but yes, yes. <laughs> but, okay. Of course, the flip side of taking your time is what is colloquially known as development hell, where a game just sort of languishes half made forever, despite like being really cool. So yes. I, I'm sure you can think of the things like, oh, yeah, I remember that game that should have come out, and I'm not going to name any names, Valve. 
<laughs> Overwatch Two. Have we have we seen the news Ooh. about Overwatch Two? If they put, haven't they pushed that back again recently? Again, it's now twenty twenty three. I think that that <sighs> game's going through massive development hell right now, and it's a big topic that I'll probably well, I mean, discuss next week. Yeah. Uh, and I, in fact, I definitely will because it's worth it's worth us discussing. But that game is going through all sorts of all sorts of crazy business. Well, I imagine that's partly because Activision Blizzard is sort of having a, sort of something of a meltdown right now based on yes, everything that's yes, been in the news about them. Partly the reason, but there's a almost a kind of I'd like to discuss uh, when when we have time the, the reasons as to why other than the, the meltdown in Activision that this this you know <laughs> revitalizing a game yeah. that's still you know it obviously doesn't have a player base that it did but yeah it's it's, it's an interesting topic but we'll we'll save that for next week. Um, what would you guys think about Elder Scrolls? Oh, uh, Elder Scrolls should have had a sequel by now. Uh, yes. I'm, I'm just gonna say it's it's yeah. been 10 years skyrim has literally get it has, has been released i think i think i counted this and it's like 18 different times uh, including what's on an alexa man. they released it on an alexa crazy <laughs> why <that>? yeah uh, <laughs> but oh yeah no that that's a real thing you can I don't play know skyrim how that would work <laughs> it's, it's all voice-based commands it's Ooh. insane there's, there's a oh yeah no look it up it's it's insanity um Mad. but like Part of it is that it's it's not even that, that like Elder Scrolls Six isn't happening because Bethesda have said, oh yeah, we're making Elder Scrolls Six, and they've shown us like that that one clip that everyone remembers from the trailer where it's just like, yeah. here's a landscape shot, and it's like Bethesda, I think you have actually made like the rest of the series in like half the time you've you've taken to make this one game at this point. This, this but, is the problem with having these heavy graphics and and get you know games with they, it has so much. Of our backing now that it needs to be this level. There is of good, sort of like... yeah, there is sort of the expectation on it, but at the same time, I'm not sure it is entirely on that. Like, I I think part of it is that Bethesda are just not really very interested in making this game. Uh, like, so they're interesting working... though. Like, why? But well, it is know, but... their biggest game series. It, surely. it is their biggest game series. Well, arguably Fallout, but Fallout mm. um, kind of fell off a cliff after '76. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but like. They're clearly like I don't know if they're just interested on moving on to other projects or like maybe they're worried about something with Elder Scrolls Six, but like it, it's not even like I'm expecting the game to come out in a year or something. But like news, anything we've heard nothing since that one trailer, as far as I'm aware. Roadmap, images, anything you know, give, absolutely give, us, give the fans their their desire to 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 know what's going on with the game. Surely, yeah, mm-hmm. that's that, that's exactly what I, I I'd sort of want from them. Well, maybe, maybe Billy, the resolution is you need to stop buying the editions of uh, <laughs> Skyrim. Maybe, maybe when people stop buying well, these Alexa <laughs> versions of Skyrim, that they will actually, you know, well, oh, guys, we need to we need to make some more money. Let's start the development of uh, the, the next Elder Scrolls now. Well, I think I'm not sure. I think I'm getting the next the next one for free because I have it on PC. I'm not sure though. I have All to right. double check that at some point. Uh, no, but but just just to very quickly go the other way, which is that sequels that like games that come out too fast because that's definitely a thing as well right like oh, when they rush a game through development we've definitely spoken about that before on the show <laughs> that way yeah like it's not actually a sequel but like the, the game that always sticks to my head is in rush development is cyber is either cyberpunk 2077 or no man's sky where they talk like all this all this good stuff that's like going to be in the game and it's like okay you've produced this game you've put out a product but you clearly haven't finished it because you've you've worked on it after release to get it up to where you said you it was going to be. Yep. Just rushing a rushing of their, you know, 
when people they announce a game and they're you know oh they're so excited and they just want to serve the fans it's like well there's a balance that needs to be made you know you can't mm-hmm. keep a game in development for ages and i know we've discussed games that have been in development and early access for yeah. decades so yeah it's uh it's a, an interesting balance that definitely is a conundrum for even the biggest of even the biggest of games companies <laughs> You know, the sequel that does make me think of this is Mass Effect Andromeda, where the the developer, where I, I can't remember who owned, I think it was EA, I think it's EA who owned Bioware at the time, and um, still do, uh, were like, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna announce this game, and like it turned out that the team behind it, like we had nothing, we had like a year to make this game, and we had absolutely nothing. Oh, but at that point, EA had sort of come to expect that Bioware would not manage to produce a miracle, like they actually had in the t- in the company, they were calling oh, it God. Bioware Magic. Because every time they'd, they'd give them a, like, a deadline, they'd be like, yep, we're going to produce a game. And people loved them. They were fantastic. And then Andromeda came out, and it was not. It was rubbish. Uh, some, sometimes it just doesn't work out, really. And it really, really didn't work out with Andromeda. But yeah, yeah that's yeah. a story for another time as well. So, yes. Yeah. We're going to move swiftly on uh, in a moment uh, uh, to our weekly news roundup. You guys are going to tell us or tell me what's been going on in the past week of gaming. Yeah. Okay. Welcome back, guys. This is The Hitbox. We're on River Radio, and we're finishing off this show with our weekly news roundup. If you've only just joined us, we've just gone through our Game of the Week, and we've just gone through our discussion on game series and why yearly editions of games suck and why some of them don't suck and remastered stuff and sequel things as well so yeah it's an interesting discussion that we could talk about for ages but you'll never guess what i've just seen while while checking on like my because i I obviously have the news stories like opening tags you never guess what i've just seen i've just seen an advert for the uh the gta definitive edition like remake oh Oh, yeah (laughs) i've seen that as well i've seen that being Uh, advertised yeah yeah, which but Having said that, I am very much looking forward to that. Like a remake of GTA San Andreas Vice City gets me that. Yeah, I mean, that, fair enough. It's cool and all. I'm still angry that they're going to delist the original, though. Yeah, That's the thing they're true, doing. Uh, shocking behavior. Anyway, boys. Sorry. <laughs> moving yes. moving swiftly. <laughs> uh, do you want me to go first, then? Because I've, I've already got Go for it, over. Billy. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> so, two, two pieces of gaming news. Uh, the first is sort of. Tom sort of thing, which is Hearthstone. Um, hey. So, have either of you heard of Gary Kasparov? No. Nope. Is, he, is he someone that works for Hearthstone? Or... No. Gary Kasparov is generally considered to be the best chess player of all time, um, which is uh, which is why I've heard of him. I'm sort of a bit of a, bit of a chess nut. Apparently, okay. uh, he, he plays. He's quite heavily into Hearthstone, That's which so is cool. Makes I know. So cool. Fair. Oh my god. Yeah. Strategy <laughs> games. Yeah, apparently he's a, a Diamond 5 rank now. I know, don't know nothing about what that means because I'm terrible at Hearthstone. I mean, that's pretty um, good. Yeah, but it, it's really interesting because like, he's not fantastic. At, uh, he says he's not, like, he doesn't have like, the time to put into it to like, get to the next sort of ranks. Yeah. Uh, but apparently he really enjoys it. Apparently he also doesn't play sort of, uh, necessarily the strongest decks either. I think at the time he was interviewed, he was saying he played um, Paladin and Druid. So. Okay. I don't know enough about the meta to say if that's good. I will leave that up to up to our listeners. To, to be honest, I have not played the most recent uh, update and, and instalment of Hearthstone. The, uh, the Deadmines. Yes, well, that the, the, one and this... then the one before that as well. Um, ah. The big the big uh, pack update that well, came out because now. it's all like um, 
and it's all to do with quests again, back like it was a couple oh, of years ago. And, interesting. And it all, it's all very spell heavy and, and stuff like that. And I, you know, I have decks, but when I when I try to play with them, with sort of like a few, they're a bit old, and it's I, like. Mm. Yeah, count count deck build for my life. I, I I tend to enjoy the like arenas and stuff like that, which I I don't have to deck build. I just play what I'm given. Yeah, um, sure, sure. Uh, and the other bit of news is something that I'm I'm slightly surprised that that uh, I didn't think either of you have brought up, which is Arcane, the League of Legends Ooh, animated series I, on Netflix. Yes, yes, yes. yes. So I I've, I've only managed to watch like a tiny bit of it, but it already looks really good. I'm getting it's sort so of like good. oh you so have you good. have you have you seen watched- it already. Of course. I, I mean, I, I'm sure I'm super into my League of Legends now this year. And it, it's interesting because yeah. I've never played the game before 2021. But now I'm I'm so into it. And I know I'm so late into this whole franchise. But oh, my God, the first three episodes were, were amazing. And the, the, the animations were top quality. The, the studio that does it, I'm not too sure what, the, what they're called. I know they're separate to Riot Games. But yeah, they always they're work actually with them. But it, it, it's it's... unbelievable it's so good it's just it's so cool seeing you know characters that you know in a game and their proper backstory full series type thing and it's it's it's, it's great i can't wait for the next few episodes it's like the thing with overwatch where the animated shorts on on the internet are absolutely fantastic oh next level yeah yeah it's always interesting to see this thing um but yeah right right games are doing like a whole a whole bunch of stuff like with around with arcane so um I think that they're they're doing some like Among Us crossover, and they're doing like uh, more of like like more stuff inside the game itself, linked to the series and all sorts yep. of stuff. So, so go you should go check that all out. Like I, I've only managed to watch like five minutes of the first episode. All it's really really good. You don't need to you don't need to play League of Legends to enjoy it. And I feel like <laughs> what I'm gonna what I'm gonna do is I had a, I had a thought in my mind to tell my to tell my family to to try and watch it and tell me what they thought. Because they have no idea what League of Legends is, let alone the characters in it or or the whole yeah. you know world yeah. that they live in. Yeah. In that sort of vein, it sort of reminds me of the, the Witcher and the Castlevania series. Because I, I didn't play The Witcher before I, I saw the series. And I've never Likewise. played Castlevania, but watched that series too. And they were both fantastic. So it thought sort of give me that sort of you don't need to be into this to to watch this vibe, if you get what I mean. I'm I'm exactly mm. the same. I, I watched The Witcher without playing any of the Witcher games and I watched Castlevania without playing any of the castlevania games so yeah it's it's definitely something that's had years of years of production it's been it's been in the works for a while and you know the first three episodes that have come that have come out at the moment are, are fantastic absolutely fantastic yeah so uh, all right then yeah, that, yeah that, that's is that you done billy that's my news done for the week well wicked right then gabriel take it away Nice. So a nice bit of news this week is a report on how well the new Forza is doing. The game is officially being released today, the 9th of November. That being said, early access was available for those who pay for the premium edition on the 5th, I believe. Alarmingly, over 800,000 people have already been playing the game, a number I don't think me or anyone in the gaming community was expecting. A reviewer from PC Gamer said about the game, I can't really criticize Forza Horizon 5 for not making big sweeping changes for the sake of it feeling more different. It's easy to forget, given how effortless everything feels, but the sheer detail of the environments and the level of craft evident in each of the 500 cars is astounding. 500? That is, that, that is crazy. <laughs> Honestly, imagine this this game. I'm just saying, Good I God. think this game has the potential to be one of the games of the year. 
I'm I I I'm definitely going to get my hands on it, and I oh. almost guarantee it's going to be my uh, game of the week next week. So uh, I might have to I might have to do a joint one with you, Gabriel, next week. Honestly. I know it's coming out on Game Pass. Yes, I, I, th- I feel like I need to buy a steering wheel again, and I used to have this <laughs> as a little as a little kid, uh, and had a steering wheel and pedals and everything like this. And then it's I just feel that this is the game. You know, I liked Forza Horizon Four, uh, but I feel like this one is 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 the it's the game and I, I need a steering wheel to play it. Otherwise it just won't feel right. Cause all my controllers are broken too. And I'm not playing a driving oh. game with mouse and keyboard. I'm oh, sorry. No, 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 it's, it's no, not happening. no. I, I suppose I, I have to provide the, I know nothing about racing games for you because I think the only racing game I've put any serious time into is Mario Kart. <laughs> oh, but what a racing game that is. Admittedly so. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's just, what, what can I say? What can I say? It's a game that's that looks amazing, and I just know that it's going to have that that edge to it. It always does. I can't wait. Mm-hmm. So, just to quickly finish off, then bit of fun news: a Twitch streamer called Liam King has just beaten the world record for the time taken to complete Mario sixty four on air. To complete the game, a player must complete all the levels while simultaneously collecting all one hundred twenty stars. Liam managed to get to the closing credits of the game in one hour, 37 minutes and 53 seconds with, with his community God. showing support all the way. <laughs> I mean, there you go. That's how to do it. It was actually his own record he beat. So that kind of diminishes how cool it was at the same time. But come on. I mean, what an achievement. Fair play to the lad. I don't think I've ever actually finished any game in an hour, let alone a hundred percent in a game like Mario 64. Ridiculous, isn't it? I've, I've yeah. on live stream as well. I mean, awesome. It's so much harder. Crazy, really, isn't it? People people dedicate themselves to to, to to doing these these things. It's just mind-blowing what you can really achieve. Yeah. After, after so speed long. Run, yeah. Speedrunners are the, one of those people like, I could never do that, but that seems so cool. And you must put so much effort into this. You, you can appreciate it, can't you? It, yeah. It, it's like you're you're crazy uh, and you're, you're weird for doing this, but it's something that's so impressive. And you've just got to put your hands up and say, I can never do that. And I'm glad I don't try. Yeah. Okay, right. So before before we end the show quickly, I'd like to say I, I received an email from uh, the Hitbox email as we advertise at the end of every show. And I think you've seen this, Billy, and I'd like to I bring it up this. because it's it's amazing. So my, my own dad, okay, my dad emailed in, okay, and he said, and this is a, in relation to last, yeah, last week's episode. So if you haven't seen that, go and watch it and come back to this. And he's, he, he titled it Rubber Banding. This is something Gabriel brought up and spoke about, didn't you, Gabriel, in, in, in last week's discussion? So he said, Hi, Tom, Gabriel, and Billy. Really enjoying your show. I listened to it whilst Zwifting, and that's his bike VR riding game. So he's, you know, he's trying to tell us we're, a, well, he's a gamer. Uh, interesting to hear you talk about rubber banding and Gabriel saying about using rubber bands to hold down triggers. To me, when I was in my early teens in the mid-80s, yeah, he's, he's, he's old, uh, playing Elite on a BBC Micro 32K, we had an analogue joystick which we used rubber bands in a cross to self-centre the stick. There you go. I knew I wasn't losing my marbles. Yeah, so, no. yeah, so yeah, he, he genuinely used it to uh, to keep his joystick uh, in the centre without it because it doesn't have any... Back, back then, I guess it didn't have any sort of stabilisation, I guess you could call it. Mm, no, it makes sense. If anyone is confused by the mention of, of the BBC thing, 
yes, the BBC made an actual gaming, like a computer that they put out and people played games on. It was a thing in the eighties. Nobody, nobody ever, nobody's ever heard of it. And I know this is my, I know this is my own dad who's emailed in, but I never knew he played Elite either because I played Elite Dangerous a few years ago, and that's obviously like an evolution of the, and uh, of the game, which is which is interesting. And he. Uh, he also finished off it saying, also remind Tom, obviously that's me, about endlessly <laughs> trying to complete a level on SpongeBob SquarePants on the GameCube. And yes, Dad, I remember exactly this this dilemma that we've had. We've had many uh, problems on my GameCube days. It, it, it was just something that was so, so, so annoying. I, I can't remember where it was in the SpongeBob universe, but it was all dark and, and, and dirty and it was like a platform game and you had, to get, you had to get through it by jumping on these platforms and obviously me being so, so, so young at the time, I just <laughs> could, not, <laughs> could not do it to save my life and my dad, bless him, didn't exactly help me out too much. It might have been Battle for Bikini Bottom, maybe? It, I genuinely think it was because that name rings a bell. Yeah, Honestly, they, it might have been. Yeah, they remade that recently, I think, in HD. No way! I, right, I'm buying that. I'm buying that after the show, <laughs> and I'm playing with my dad because that will bring back some nostalgia. Nice that, I thought I thought that was fun to bring up. I know definitely and my, own, my dad emailing in, but it, it was it's, it's funny and interesting. And he, you know, he's like to he likes to bring up that he's uh, uses Swift, and that supposedly that's a, a game that he plays on his bike. So there we are. Okay. Um, yeah. So if if you're if you're not my dad and would like to email it uh, into the show. Um, it is hitbox at river.radio and you can send us a message about anything like anything that's happened on this show, anything happened on the shows before, anything you want to feature in the new and upcoming shows, but please get in touch. And yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this week. We'll be back next week. Same date, same time, Tuesday, eight till nine. I hope you guys enjoyed us. Billy, Gabriel, thank you so much for being on the show as always. There's something, there's something you're forgetting, Tom. Uh, sit up straight that. that's the one sit up straight posture Bang. Billy Gabriel I, can, I know I can rely on you Gabriel I'm, so, I'm, I'm disappointed it wasn't you again but you know you've done it once and that's good I enough I did remember right? <laughs> but you know I just uh, know Billy's gonna uh, you were, yeah, you were being, oh, yeah you're relying on him <laughs> okay right thank you guys so much for listening and we'll hope to see you next week as well goodbye bye bye